0: Reminders for us this morning. Amen. A couple of reminders. Don't uh, forget to grab a bulletin. There's a lot of information in there. Uh, Our schedule moving forward. But uh, just remember that there's no service this Wednesday night. So uh, enjoy time with your family. And then we will resume our regular service times next Sunday. It'll be uh, January the 1st, our New Year's Day service. Starts back at our regular time at 10:30, so be sure to come out. Let's start the year off right, coming together, worshiping our Lord, and then uh, just a note: our men's breakfast will actually be on the on the second Saturday for January. So just uh, make sure you grab a bulletin. Praise the Lord! Oh glory! What a glorious celebration! Amen. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord. flesh and dwell among us. What a God we serve, church. Will you stand this morning and let's open our hearts this morning. Let's rejoice together as we celebrate the birth of our Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we love you today. Father, we thank you for this great day. We thank you, Lord. And we not only celebrate you on Christmas, Lord Jesus, but we celebrate you every day. And we thank you that you're with us
1: so good to see everybody out this morning. Welcome. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would go to John's Gospel. John's Gospel. Someone said, I didn't know John had a Christmas story. Well, you're going to hear it this morning. Amen. Last week, we did our traditional from Matthew's Gospel. And we, you know, it's good to give John his due. Amen. I mean, it's good to give John his due. So we're going to talk about John's Christmas story this morning. And um, may it bless our hearts. As John takes a little different viewpoint and a little different explanation of what was happening that very first Christmas morn. So if you have your Bibles, John's Gospel, chapter number one, beginning with verse one. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. Dropping down to verse 10. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came. I want you to underline that in your thinking this morning. He came. He came to that which was his own. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him. That's us. To those who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent. Not of a human decision or a husband's will. But born of God. The word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John's Christmas door. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather on this very special Sunday and we can think about the marvelous truth that you sent your only begotten Son to become a man that he might represent all men and that he might give his life, sacrifice and a substitute that we might be reconciled to you, forgiven, redeemed, and rescued. We honor you this day, and we thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave us in our condition, but you came down to us, and you lifted us up. In Jesus' name, amen. Our title is He Came. He Came, and we're looking at John's gospel, John's Christmas story. We can put it that way. And again, John's two main purposes for writing his book when we study the Gospel of John is, number one, he wanted to prove that Jesus, in fact, is the Son of God. And then he wants to invite people to believe in him and be saved. He kind of wraps it up in John 20 and verse 31. And John 20 and verse 31, he gives us the whole reason for his Gospel. And it's that men and women might come to believe and receive in Christ. That men and women might come to understand and believe that he is. Let's get that up top if we can. John 20 and verse 31. And we want to look at that. Um, Here it is. No, we got a little. That's all right. We'll press on. Remember this as we study the word of God. Matthew was written primarily to the Jews. And you can see the Jewish emphasis throughout the book of Matthew. But then secondly, Mark was written to the the Romans and it's written in a way that would appeal to the Roman love of power and accomplishment. And then Luke was written to the Greeks. Luke was talking about Jesus, the perfect man. But John, this gospel, was written to the whole world. He sees the one that says, Come and see him so you might believe in him. There it is. Look, John says, but these things are written. John says, I wrote this book that you may believe. He wants men and women to believe that Jesus, of course, is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, we can have life in his name. So that's the emphasis of John. Again, Matthew had his emphasis. Mark and Luke had theirs. John's emphasis that the whole world would come to see that Jesus was the Christ. And that seeing they would believe. And receive eternal life. See his works and hear his words. Listen to all the testimonies that John brings to us. And believe in him. And receive from him eternal life. So Matthew and um, Luke, in their gospels, their Christmas story, they give us the event of the Christmas story. I mean, there's, there's the inn and there's the angels singing and there's shepherds rejoicing. But John's book begins with the meaning of what they described. They talk to us about the event. There's angels singing. They're in a manger. They're in a barn. But John goes beyond that. He says, let me give you the meaning of what all that was saying to us. And he describes who was that child in that manger. And what did he come to do? What was he sent to do? Again, Matthew has the wise men. Matthew has Emmanuel. Luke has his shepherd singing. His angel choirs. I mean, he's got the manger. And John simply says, verse 11, he came. He came. Let me cut through it and say he came. And that's our thought this morning. He came. And I'm so glad he did. Because if he didn't come, where would we be? If he didn't come and take our place, how lost would we be right now? Where would we stand? And so, listen, those words, when I just meditate. He came. John says, I'll save you all the flowers in the pictures. I'm just saying, he came. Those words so blessed me. God didn't send an angel to redeem us. He came. He came himself. He didn't send a prophet to declare our deliverance. He came and did what no prophet or no teacher could ever do. He came and did for us what we could never do for ourselves. He didn't send second best. He didn't send a a representative. And thank God he didn't leave us in our fallen state. But no, he came. He took off his royal robes. He left his heavenly throne. And he identified and entered into our humanity. He came motivated by great love. He came driven by a divine mission and divine purpose. Knowing full well that he'd be rejected by most. He'd be reviled by the masses. He'd be betrayed and ultimately crucified. But like a common criminal, they treated him. But yet that didn't stop him. He came. Driven by his great love for you and I. Jesus came. I'm so glad he did. Can you say amen? amen? We look at the Christmas story. And John describes he came, number one, he came motivated by love. He came moved by his great love for lost and fallen humanity. Luke has the angel speaking and they tell the shepherds, fear not. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior. I'm glad he didn't just come as a judge or he didn't come to bring forth the justice that men deserve. But as a Savior, moved by the love of God, moved by the will of God to save and seek those that are lost. The Savior has been born. He's Christ the Lord. How did the prophet say it? Unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. But John simply says it like this. that all familiar verse. John 3.16. He's describing the event that's taking place that first Christmas morn. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The whosoever believes doesn't have to perish. He's explaining what's going on in that manger. The fact that he came tells you and I this morning that God cares. You might be here this morning wondering, does God care? God cares. Does God know what I'm going through? He knows and he cares very well. He tells us he cares. It tells us he loves. It tells us that we're not indifferent to God and God is not unconcerned about our circumstance and what we're going through. He's not far off. He came near. He drew near for he came to us. Let hearts be rest this morning that our God, the living God, he knows our name and he knows our pain. He knows our questions, he knows our circumstances, he knows our confusions. He knows what men are looking for and he knows what men need. I talked with one of the brothers and we just testifying a bit. The glorious fact that God knows what we're looking for and God has what we need. When all the things of this world lose their glitter, when all the things of this world we wind up, they run their course, and we're still empty, there is a God that made us. There is a God that can fill us. There is a God that can satisfy us and make us in the people we were created to be. So we think about this thought beyond the cards and beyond the caroling, beyond the tinsel, beyond the tree, beyond the gifts of the games. Understand this morning that Christmas was initiated by God's great love for you. And that should humbly remind us every Christmas of the great love of God and the sacrifice that He gave as an expression of that love. May it move us to worship and adore Him. May it worship, may it move us to worship Him with sincere hearts of gratitude as we recognize why did He come? He came because we were lost. Why did he come? He came because he loved us. And he did not want to keep us in that state. But he came to lift us up. He came to restore us. He came to redeem us. But he came. He came because he was moved by great love. He was motivated by great love. For God so loved this world. But he also came because he was driven by a divine, eternal mission. He had a purpose. He didn't just come to say, I love you. Let me give you a hug. We needed more than a hug. How about that? I needed my sins forgiven. I needed things set free in my life. Amen. I needed to have an encounter with God. I needed to be restored. I need more than a hug. So he came driven by his mission. Why did he come? Matthew tells us that the angel said to Joseph, we studied this last week, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save. His people from their sins. Now, now the guy in the gospel, John does it like this. He lets John the Baptist declare it instead of an angel. And in that first chapter, verse 29, John looks and sees Jesus, points him out and says, Behold, there's the Lamb that comes from God. He's going to take away the sins of the world. See, he came with a mission. It wasn't just a love, let's sing kumbaya. It was driven to take him to that cross and shed his blood that you and I could be saved, that you and I could know God, that you and I could be delivered from all those things that try to defeat us and destroy us and separate us from God. Behold the Lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. And he does that, how? By offering himself, by giving himself. He didn't come to be worshipped in a manger. He came to die on a cross and purchase men for God. And I'm glad I'm one of them. As we celebrate and give thanks this morning, let's thank the Lord this morning that Jesus accomplished his mission. He fulfilled his purpose. We're not here to worship a babe in swaddling clothes. We're here to rejoice that he lived that sinless life and perfectly represented you and I and allowed evil men to put him on a cross that he might shed sinless precious blood to redeem us and to make a way back to heaven for us. We were lost and undone, but God sent his son because he loved us and desired to have us back. What a God we serve. I thank the Lord this morning. That he accomplished his plan. You know, plans don't always go as they're... Things don't always work out as they're planned. You ever see that? Some of y'all look like you read the funny pages. If not, well... Ever read Dennis the Menace? Someone says, I lived with him for a few years. No, Dennis the Menace. One of the cartoon things during Christmas time, there's the picture of Dennis. He's running into the living room. He's got this big train set in his hand. And his mom's got her mouth wide open, and Dennis says something to the fact, Hey, Mom, quick, you better call Santa Claus and tell him to forget that train set I asked for. I just found one on the top shelf of Dad's closet. (laughs) Things don't always go as planned, do they? (laughs) But I'm glad that heaven's plan was accomplished, and Jesus fulfilled his purpose. And that's why we're here this morning. Can you say amen? We think about the Lord Jesus. We think about the Christmas story. He came as a sinless babe to die a sinless man. Born in a stable to die on a cross. He came to pay the price for our sins. The sinless lamb who would die in our place. And offer us eternal life with God. What a present God offered us. Don't reject the gift of God. If you've never received Christ, don't reject the gift of God. If you have received Christ, Don't lose the wonder and the amazement of the Christmas story and all that it means and all that it represents and all that it accomplished. And instead, let it move you to a place of honoring and reverencing and expressing your love and adoration to the one that did so much for each one of us. Listen to the words of the angel one more time. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save. I thank the Lord this morning. He's still saving. He's still redeeming. He's still forgiving. He's still turning lives around. He's still giving men and women brand new hearts. Jesus means the Lord saves. And there's a moving power in the meaning of that name. It's because of that name and the power of that name and the person of that name that the hurting can find hope this Christmas season. The troubled can find peace. The weak can become strong. The abandoned can find love. The tainted can be cleansed and the bruised can be made whole because of that name. because of the marvelous, wonderful person of that name and all that he accomplished for you and I. Oh, I thank the Lord this morning that Jesus still saves and His blood still washes whiter than snow. I thank the Lord this morning that the same love God had when He sent His only begotten Son, that same love still fills the heart of God, beckoning men and calling men and reminding men, I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forsaken you. I'm right there with you. Lean on me. Trust in me. The great love that saved you is the great love that's going to keep you and bring you through every Trial every storm and every snare. Somebody say amen. amen. Merry Christmas. We've got good news of great joy for whosoever will. You can come to Jesus Christ. You can receive the gift of heaven and you can find in Jesus everything you need for life and for eternity. In heaven's gift you'll find salvation for your soul. Peace. For your mind, comfort and contentment for your heart. You'll find a friend to walk with on life's journey. You'll find a Lord that you can worship and serve through all eternity. John didn't talk about mangers and John left out the angels. He simply said, he came. But as we study, we recognize John is describing what happened at that event they talked about so poetically. But John tells us this morning, he came motivated by his great love for us. He came driven by a divine mission to redeem us and to rescue us and bring us back. That we could once again be right with God. And he came knowing But for the most part, he'd be rejected, reviled, ultimately crucified. Yet he still came. In fact, the gospel tells us the Son of Man did not come to to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom. A ransom, a price you pay to buy someone back. Jesus paid with his life so you and I could be saved. Never, Never take your salvation for granted. Never take it as a light thing. It cost God is all that you and I could be here this morning, knowing this God, being right with this God. In our text, John tells the reader who Jesus was. John tells the reader what he came to do. And John tells the reader why he did it. He says men were in darkness. Men were in darkness. They needed to come into the light. Now we see, number one, that John is explaining who was Jesus. And John's Verses. He tells us that number one, the babe in the manger was the creator of the heavens and the earth. Look if you would at verses one, two, and three. Who was he? John says, who is that babe? None other than the creator of the world. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse three, through him all things were made. The one in the manger is the one that created the heavens and the earth. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Verse 10 says, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him. When we study what John says about the Christmas story, we learn here that Jesus was the eternal word. That Jesus was the creative word. And of course, Jesus was the incarnate word. That word became flesh. He walked among us. He dwelt among us. John's saying to us this morning, I want you to see the creator. In the Christmas story. This reveals of course the deity of Christ. John wants us to understand Jesus is God. The babe wrapped in swaddling clothes is God. Chuck Swindoll used to say it was deity in diapers. But that was God. Not just a prophet. Not just a teacher. Not just a religious rabbi. As John begins his book. He wants to make clear to you now the one he writes about. The one we sing about, the one we send cards about, the one we talk about. He's God. He's not just another religious leader. He's not just a prophet. The one born of Mary was God. Verse 1 talks about his eternity. He was. Before time was, he was there. In the beginning was the word that highlights the eternal existence of Jesus. He came out of eternity to meet us. In the beginning, he was already there. We see his personality. In that same first verse, we see the Trinity. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He talks about the separateness and distinctness. Then we see his deity. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the Christmas story, John helps us to understand and see That the Creator came to redeem and rescue His creation. That He came unto His own. Everything was made through Him. And though this was His world and we were His creation, He came to us and He gave Himself for us. He came again that He might rescue, that He might redeem, and that ultimately He might restore us and we might be sons and daughters again. John teaches us in his Christmas story that the one in the manger was the creator. The one in the manger was the revealer. We won't stress that a lot. But he said that the light has come to shine. That he came to make God known to men. That he walked among us and he identified with us. and His works and his words, they're still with us. And we can study him and hear him and understand the will and the heart of God. How John said it so wonderfully. The light shines in the darkness. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. That he came to show us God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came to reveal the heart and the will and the mind of God to men. But most importantly, John says, who was the one in the manger? Yes, he was a creator. He was the revealer. But most importantly, this morning, he was the redeemer. Jesus, the creator, came to redeem us. Jesus would sacrifice himself himself. And atone for our sins. This is the Christmas story. And you know, John's Christmas story is similar to Luke, similar to Matthew's. It shows us how there were different responses when Christ came. There were different responses when he came. Heavens were singing, yes. Hell was trembling, of course. But men had some different responses. And let's see what John says about this. Number one, some didn't recognize him. And we see that in the other gospel stories, don't we? Church, don't ever get bored with your Christianity. Don't ever get bored with your Christianity. It's the first step to becoming the innkeeper in the Christmas story is when you get bored with your Christianity. But we see here that, like the innkeeper, some didn't recognize Jesus. Isn't that something? Well, John says it like this. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness hasn't understood it. The darkness didn't comprehend it. Again, John says in verse 10, though he was in the world and the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. Imagine that, the creator came. And like the innkeeper, the inn was crowded and his heart was preoccupied. You know, concerning Jesus, this kind of represents the ignorance and the apathy that many still have towards the Son of God. If only that innkeeper, if only those that John writes about, if only they knew this wasn't just another child. Jesus, he's not just another religion. He's not just another teacher. He's the only true savior knocking on the door of your heart, calling you to eternal life, calling you to become the one God made you to be from the beginning. All he could offer him was a stable. Can you imagine that? Obviously, he didn't know who he was talking to, did he? Some are so preoccupied with this, that, and the other thing that they're missing out on the most important thing, the eternal thing, the everlasting thing. And they tend to not value and not appreciate and not understand the great offer God gives when he gives us the offer of his son. We see that some would be preoccupied and too busy, just fail to recognize the beauty, the wonder, the importance of receiving Christ and following Christ. Some reject him, because they fail to really recognize who he is and what he's done, and what he offers. But some did recognize him. And you know what? That's the reason they rejected him. And again, John writes to it, he came unto his own, but his own received him. Well, there were some in the Matthew and Luke's gospel story about the Herods and the religious leaders. They knew who he was, they just didn't feel like going. They knew who he was, they were raised to know who he was. They just didn't have any desire to worship him. Herod saw him as a threat. They saw him as an inconvenience. This represents men who don't want to surrender to his rule. Sometimes Jesus can be seen as a threat to the rule of men. What did John say? Men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil and they didn't want to change those deeds. You see, in Jesus a new king had come. The prophet said it long ago, his kingdom will never end. Now, his kingdom threatens others. It causes rivals to resist and renounce. Because let's face it, he's a king. And kings do come to reign. I mean, most of us were there. Maybe all of you weren't, but I know some of us were. When it comes to Jesus, I don't mind Jesus helping me. I just don't want him telling me what to do. I don't mind Jesus when I need some self-help, but I don't want him reigning and ruling over my life. That's another story. Have you ever been there? If only Jesus would remain that meek, gentle, mild babe in a manger. Jack up my self-esteem every now and again. But the King of glory... I get you nervous. Someone that requires my allegiance in my surrender, in my devotion, I don't know about this Jesus. Someone that's calling for a response, that tends to make men a little uneasy when they hear that this Jesus, guess what? He didn't stay in swaddling clothes as a babe in a manger. Oh, no. He went to that cross, came down and rose again. He rules and reigns as a king of kings in the Lord of lords. And that Jesus can tend to make some a little uneasy and a little, wow. So some actually recognize. See, some, like the innkeeper, they just didn't recognize what was going on that Christmas morning. So John's trying to let no, listen, this was the creator of the universe. He came to save. He came to rescue us from the darkness. But they didn't recognize him. And so many people don't really recognize who Jesus is and the importance of serving God. They they think it's just. But others do recognize. They know who he is. And they know what he demands. And that keeps them very far away. It would be nice if we could keep him as that little babe and cute and cuddly. But when I think about him as king of kings and lord of lords. That makes a whole different thing. And some know that. And therefore they say well. We'll say it once again. Don't mind Jesus helping me. Just don't want him telling me what to do. (laughs) I don't want him ruling over me. But praise God. Many have and did receive him. You see verses 12 and 13. Those beautiful verses. Yet to all who received him. That describes us this morning. To those that have believed in his name, we believed. He gave the right to become children of God. Isn't it beautiful to be a son and daughter of the living God this morning? I mean, it says children not born in the natural. You can't get into heaven through the natural. You've got to go through the spiritual. Not of a human decision. Not a, You can't get in there through traditions of men. You can't get in there through religions of men. you got to be born again. That verse 13, but born of God. So we recognize that John says he came unto his own, but his own received him not, but to his many as did receive. Have you received him? Have you wrapped your arms around Jesus Christ and believed on him and gave your life to him? Oh, that's the only way to heaven. That's the only way to eternal life. That's the only way to becoming that new creature, that son and daughter that God wants you to be. Some didn't recognize, and they're still blind to it. But if we'll tell them, many of them, their eyes will open, and they'll come and respond. Many just haven't been told, amen? Many just and have never really heard the gospel, and how can you believe something you haven't heard, amen? So we got to do our part to tell people the truth of the Christmas story. But now others, they know, they understand, hence they reject. But well, we've got to pray for them. And we've got to believe God. That the Lord's going to melt that heart. That the Lord's going to awaken them from that deception. That instead of running from Jesus, they're going to start running to Jesus and for Jesus. And then there's those that received What a beautiful thought. Shepherds and wise men. You and me. Many have embraced him. Many have followed him. Many have believed in him. Many have given their lives to him. And today they exalt him. Today they revere him. Today they have recognized. And responded to the truth of Emmanuel. God with us and God for us. Be encouraged this Christmas season. Embrace Jesus. Embrace Jesus. Embrace him. Love him. Adore him. We know the world is lost and we know the world is crazy. And we'll pray for them and we'll share the good news to them as God allows us to. But for you and I that have received him and know the truth, let's respond to that truth. Let's give ourselves in response to that great truth. Be encouraged this Christmas season. Embrace Jesus. Go deeper. Then just holiday warm and fuzzies. Receive him as your Savior, and if you have, then let's offer him. Let's offer Jesus at least three gifts for this Christmas. After all, it's his birthday. He should be getting the gifts, amen? So let's give him three gifts before we leave. Let's give him the gift of a devoted life. I'm not just going to believe in my mind, in and automatic. of my, I'm going to believe with the life I give him. He gave his life for me. Merry Christmas. I'm going to give my life to him. Merry Christmas. I want to give a devoted life and a surrendered life. Say, Lord, when the Father called, you said, yes, Father. And now when you call us, we say, yes, Lord. I'm going to live a surrendered life. Lord, use me as you want me. Take me. Spend me as you desire. I give my life to you, Lord. A devoted life, a surrendered life, and of course, a faithful life. Let's be faithful. I know so many of you are out this morning. You're being faithful. So many of you. You came out to love the Lord. You came out to put first things first. Before we enjoy the blessings of our families and our friends. And those things are wonderful. And we're going to have a good time. And I I already looked at some of y'all. You already started eating already. Amen. I mean, already. That's all right. But before we do that, first things first. Amen? And by showing up, you're showing yourself faithful. We're giving God our lives faithful. Faithful. Lord, I want to give you myself this morning. Because you gave your all for me. And I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the grace of God. If it weren't for that precious blood, how messed up would some of us be? Amen? How hardened would some of us be? How, right? But he did. And I've received him, but now I want to respond and give him something. I want to give him a devoted life, a surrendered life, and a faithful life. Can we do that this morning? Now, we can begin that very simply by giving him our worship and our adoration as we conclude our service. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. I'll pray a final prayer. And then we're just going to give God a fresh praise as we sing the last song as an expression that, Lord before we go and enjoy ourselves and enjoy the blessings you've given us, first things first, we're going to give you your praise and worship that you desire. Amen? Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. Let's just pray the prayer. And if for any reason at all you have a need, feel free to come and receive prayer. Again, many different responses to Jesus. We still see that, don't we? John wrote about it. Even though he didn't talk about the shepherds and stuff, he said men rejected him. But we who have believed in him. I don't believe in myself to get to heaven. I believe in Jesus. I don't believe in my church to get to heaven. I believe in Jesus. Amen? But we who have believed in him and received that sonship, that salvation, let's just take our time before we go and enjoy the great day. Let's give some time to worship and adore him. And if you have a need, just because the calendar says Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, birthday, life doesn't stop, does it? So maybe you're here this morning and you just need some comforting prayer. You just need the encouragement of a brother or a sister to stand with you and just pray. Maybe you're feeling a little weary. Life can be exhausting. You just need a refreshing. Well, He's here to refresh you. He's here to encourage you. So if you need prayer for any reason, please, as we sing, come and someone will pray with you. And if for any reason you haven't received Christ, maybe you've been a good person, maybe you've been a religious person, but if you haven't personally given your life to Jesus, well, please, no better time to do it than now receive the gift of God. We pray, Father, we give you praise and honor and thanksgiving for all that you've done for us. Lord Jesus, we love you. We adore you. We worship you. We thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth and purchasing for us salvation. Lord Jesus, you've been so good, so loving, so faithful, so kind to us through all the years, Lord. Even at times, Lord, we might have missed the mark, but you were there. We might have... Messed up sometimes, but your compassion and grace never failed us. Lord, for all these years, we take this time to bless and praise you. And Lord, for those that have a need, speak to someone's heart this morning. Touch someone's body. Comfort someone's mind. Refresh someone that might be feeling a little drained and worn. But right now, Lord Jesus, receive this song of adoration and praise for we love you and we thank you for who you are and what you've done. Let's worship the Lord together. And if you need prayer, you're invited to come.